This is Nancy. And this is Dana. And you're listening to the NY Foodie Family Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the NY Foodie Family Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to start off by talking about the recently opened Hudson Valley Food Hall in Beacon, New York. The food hall is located right on Main Street in what used to be the Roosevelt Theater. So, Dane, do you want to tell us what some of the vendors are? So, quite a few varieties of vendors. We have, right when you walk in, Hudson Valley Seafood. Beyond that, there's Greenhouse Salads. Next one down is the Bombay Wraps. And then Katie Rose Bakery. And then Ms. Hattie's Southern Barbecue. And then in a room beyond that, there's a uh, pretty cool mural. And then the pop-up ice cream soda bar. And we'll go into each of those in a little bit more detail. But why don't you tell us what we got? And you forgot to mention Momo Valley, which is where we got our mixed Momo. So what are Momo? Momo are a Himalayan dumpling. They offer three different kinds, and we got the mixed Momo. And that was six different, no, two of each of three different kinds of Momo, and all for 10 bucks. We thought they were really tasty. Yeah, so we got two beef, two chicken, and two vegetarian spinach and cheese momo. And I like how they wrap the different types of momo in a slightly different uh, dumpling twist so you can tell what was what, especially when we got three different kinds, so we could keep an eye on what we got. And they come in a, a nice sauce, and they were plump and tasty and delicious, and we had a really good plate of that. We also got a... Uh, they call it a big meal. That was what they called it uh, from Bombay Wraps. It was rice. It came with sauce, your choice of sauce, uh, roti, two different fillings that they call subji. And Nancy had to ask what a subji was, and I didn't, I didn't know either. We ended up with chicken curry and paneer tikka, and it comes with a, a samosa and a drink for twelve ninety nine. And those fillings were chosen based on the recommendation of the cashier because Dana likes to ask, you know, servers or cashiers, you know, their recommendations when we're not sure what we should order. So it was a good choice. We enjoyed them. The kids did find the chicken curry and the paneer tikka sauces to be a bit on the spicy side, but Dane and I really enjoyed them. And then we also stopped at the pop-up soda ice cream bar and got a peach and basil soda from Drink More Good, which provides the syrups. Um, And that was really tasty. It certainly was. And there's outdoor seating, by the way. Uh, here's a general word on seating. We got there around two o'clock. It was past where you'd expect it to be, uh, super busy. It was merely just regular busy. And if you're trying to walk through and check the menus, see what they have, if you're a first timer, like, like we were, and I imagine a lot of people would be, there's no place to stand without you being either in the way of people online or walking traffic, people trying to get through, or you're eventually going to sit on somebody's lap because the uh, tables and chairs are along one wall and all the other vendors are uh, parallel to that along the other long wall. It's really a long rectangle, if you will. There's some limited seating upstairs. We ended up getting a table upstairs, and by the time we bought a few things and brought it upstairs, it it was empty up there. We were the only ones. But downstairs, the tables were in pretty regular use until we were done around three. And we ended up, um, you know, not choosing to go outside, but there are tables out there. So if you're planning on going during a rush hour, 
uh, Saturday afternoon around lunchtime. Just be aware that it's going to be pretty, pretty crowded. So although they don't have their liquor license yet, the current pop-up soda ice cream bar will eventually become the Roosevelt Bar, where they will be serving locally produced liquors and spirits, craft beers, etc. So that sounds like fun. And they'll be open later and serving food later as well. So we didn't eat at a lot of the places there. Um, We only visited two of the food vendors. However, I have gotten recommendations on Instagram of that on our next visit, we do need to visit Hudson Valley Seafood. I've heard that their raw bar offerings, like their oysters, are really good, which I don't eat, but Dana, you do. Yep. <laughs> and I also was told that the poke bowl from Hudson Valley Seafood is really good as well. Something also that I don't eat, but I think that you would enjoy. Yeah, the uh, the seafood on ice look like a uh, pretty good place to go when we get back out there. And I think we'll definitely hit that food hall again to try the rest of the other vendors that we didn't get to try the first time around, right? Yes, and I'd love to hear any other recommendations of food items from any of those vendors that Dana had mentioned earlier that you think are really good and worth checking out. Miss Hattie Southern Barbecue had some really good-looking things, and Katie Rose Bakery had a bunch of, I know they had some gluten-free offerings, brownies, and I think maybe cookies. So for anyone who um, needs to eat gluten-free, definitely worth checking out. So like we mentioned, I do love Beacon, and... We intend to make more visits up north. So please check out Hudson Valley's food hall. We do want to support this new food venture up in Dutchess County. So we don't have to head to New York City every time we want to visit a food hall. And check out some of the eateries that they showcase there. So that wraps up this segment on the food hall up in Beacon, and stay tuned for our next segment. Okay, Dane, do you know what time it is? What time is it? (laughs) It's back to school time. Hooray! (laughs) This is a good thing, right? Sure. Um, I'm actually getting a little anxious. Uh... Working in a school district year-round, July 1st is like the new school year for us. So I've been operating on the school year already starting. However, with the kids starting school next Tuesday, September 3rd, mm-hmm. um, our calendar is already getting booked up. A lot more regularly scheduled after-school activities, weekends, all that fun stuff. No more 8 o'clock wake-up time for the kids? Yeah. <laughs> more, more like 6? What time does Abby really need to go up? She's going to out of the house, five 5.30? That's the time she would really need, probably need to get up, but... We can't make her do that. No. But she does have to eat. She she goes straight into class. She doesn't have a a break first thing. She's she's gotta get right into learning. Yeah. It's getting real for them. They just got their schedules and classes. Uh Connor went and you took him to practice using his locker since he's getting a combo locker out in the hallway for the first time this year. But yeah, I'm I'm not really ready for the hustle bustle of back to school. You do like a good schedule though, so there's plenty of hard hard schedule, meaning that we wake up on Monday and we do our thing, we wake up on Tuesday, everything's pretty well set, it's just a lot of it. It's pretty dense. Yes. So I'm not um excited for that, but yeah, I do try and keep us 
organized and on track. So we have a planner. I actually really like the Happy Planner that you can find at Michael's. It has these nice little columns. So each day I put the day's activities, who's staying after for what, who has piano, who has field hockey practice, who has Boy Scouts, um, and then all the chores that need to be done. Like, oh, we need to do the dark wash today, or oh, the dishwasher has to be emptied. And I love checking things off. Yeah, scrub down the bathroom, <laughs> check it off. Makes you feel accomplished. Um, is that the one with all the stickers? Can you buy stickers pretty much anywhere for that thing? Yeah, you can. Some people on Instagram and YouTube go like crazy with the planners. It, it's unbelievable how they decorate. But I kind of got over that because really I'm using it for utility. Like I need it just to plan. But I do like that there's enough boxes that at the bottom I do list breakfast, lunch, dinner for the day. And we've now gotten a nice schedule. So we have a rotating breakfast schedule, which is good. So you and the kids always know. What's going on? Yes. Yeah, so I'm, I'm usually the first one down. Nancy exactly. hops in the shower. Monday's cereal. That's easy. Yep. Tuesday is waffles. Waffles. Sausage. We always usually try to serve fruit with breakfast. But it's nice that every day it really doesn't change breakfast rotates but it's the same breakfast schedule every week so maybe different waffles maybe it's blueberry waffles this week <laughs> i don't know but it's, <laughs> yeah. it's still waffles then we do toaster strudels and yogurt and yogurt and it'll soon be apple season so it'll be mostly apples goodbye peaches right goodbye plums and then we also have the lunch so the night before, I'll ask the kids, you know, hey, what do you want for lunch tomorrow? And unfortunately, our kids don't like sandwiches, which gets really annoying. I'm always asking them, like, what do your friends bring for lunch? Like, what are they eating? Oh, so-and-so brings, like, peanut butter and jelly every day. That was me. So-and-so I, I has, I like, I was a... peanut butter and jelly, but my mom didn't know to put peanut butter on both sides. So oh, it was so it gets soggy. Soggy sandwich. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> but I ate it. I just thought that's what kids were supposed to eat, so... Now yeah. I can protect my kids from soggy, soggy sandwiches. <laughs> but they don't even like peanut butter and jelly. They don't like school lunch. No. They don't like sandwiches. <laughs> what do I they mean, like? Occasionally they'll go for a peanut butter banana honey sandwich. True. Uh, egg salad sandwich. Only Abby. True. Um, BLTs. Yes, we've been doing BLTs. We're doing bagels, but they don't like the frozen bagels anymore. They like the, you know, bakery bagels. The ones at the supermarket. We don't go to, like, the bagel store. And Lenders regularly. doesn't get our business anymore. Right. We used to have all those in the freezer all the time. Yeah, but now they want, like, the big bakery bagels from the grocery store. And they'll either have that with butter or cream cheese. Abby sometimes will take leftovers. But, yeah, we really need to, like, up our lunch game this well, year. If it was up to Connor, we'd have a, a sushi bento box <laughs> every single day. Fresh sushi, you know yes so please uh help us send us your uh what are your kids bringing for lunches school lunches we want to you know do a little better job have a little more variety for the kids this year yeah we're, we're open to suggestions send, send them on over we, we need help yeah and as our schedule starts packing up and getting busy um i know was it last week we talked about meal planning but this is when I really need to come up with super fast and easy meals. So I'll have to go into my archives and see. I'll have to do some recipe repeats, I think. and We'll do a pasta once a week. Pizza Fridays. Yeah, but I, I know like some, some days it's going to be like clubs, pick so-and-so up and pick Abby up from field hockey practice and then get Connor to... Uh, Boy Scouts, but in between, somehow cook dinner and get everybody fed without ordering takeout. So, and we haven't de-evolved into ramen ever, so I guess it can't be that bad. Right. So yeah, that's fun, and we have not really done too much back to school shopping as of yet. 
the school classes sent home lists. They were sent over the summer, which is nice. I think a lot of schools have been doing that, so it's not like a mad rush the week or two before school starts, which is nice. So we've gotten all the big things, like the large zippable binders, new lunch bags. Boxes of tissues. Boxes of tissues, notebooks, folders. Um, but I haven't stocked up. You know, when they, the the supply list, especially for middle and high school, says, you know, like two dozen pencils and like two dozen pens. I'm not going out and buying two dozen pens at this point because they're not using them all at this point. They're pretty much getting lost. And if they lose two dozen pens, pens and pencils, we got right. more, we got more questions than answers. <laughs> and then I need to go out and buy more because they've lost them or given them all out or who knows what's happened. Who knows? So we've gotten the main things. They should be set. We, we got the basics for clothes. I think they both have footwear. That's not embarrassing. Holes in sneakers from camp and things are pretty dirty. I helped Abby scrub all her perfectly good sneakers back to life. Right. And I usually get them a new outfit for the first day of school. However, we don't do... I remember when growing up, when I went to school, I felt like my parents would take me and do like a big back to school shopping. But I feel like maybe we just shop more and the weather, they're still wearing. Although... The weather's weird. Connor right. wears shorts all year round. Yeah, but it's not like they need long pants and long sleeve shirts the first week of school. So we do get enough new stuff that they put on a nice outfit for the first day of school photo and yes. something nice for class photo, which is usually what, October? Oh yes, picture day. So we do have some time, yes. They they have a nice outfit for picture day and we do have to take our required first day of school photos you know so we're semi-prepared but they're always you know they're not growing once a year they go to school first day of school once a year but you know if they grow out of their pants in february then that's when we get them new pants <laughs> yeah <laughs> we don't wait <laughs> that's usually what happens well i, I stopped pre-buying things when they were younger i could pre-buy like you know oh they're gonna be this size next year i'll just you know stock up now like you said, Connor prefers to wear shorts most of the time. I have to get him, like, a nice pair of pants for, like, band concerts. And, you know, otherwise he's in T-shirts. and T-shirts with printing on them. And, yeah, we buy the white shirts that he's going to need for concert, spring right. concert, winter concert. And Abby, I don't buy anything anymore without her actually being with me. Because somehow anything I pick out is the wrong thing. <laughs> and even so, that, that sometimes becomes a problem. So, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. So, yeah. Well, we'll have to do a little more uh, back-to-school clothing shopping. But I think they are all set. I don't think they're excited. No. I don't think they're, they have any idea it's on its way. Yes. They're not used to... The routine and going to bed early and having homework. So it's definitely going to be a big adjustment period the first couple weeks. A rude awakening, if you will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very rude awakening. Well, well, we'll get through it as we do every year. This is not our first uh, time rodeo. at the rodeo, as they say. <laughs> yes. So we'll, we'll get the hang of it. We'll survive. This is not the worst thing to happen. So we'll no, get, we'll get so, through Yes. Everybody out there, we wish you and your kids a good back-to-school year. Some have started already, maybe? I think in, like, Connecticut. I don't think... Down south? Oh, definitely down south. Maybe that's not our listening audience, though. <laughs> no. <laughs> but in this area, I think they all start after Labor Day. That sounds about right. Yeah. Well, enjoy the rest of the summer. The last few guests. Last week or so. Not even. This air's... Thursday, so the last handful of days. For all you parents out there, good luck. Yes. So we're going to talk about some of our favorite food shows that we've been watching recently. We don't have cable anymore. We got rid of it. Not really missing it. No. And we don't have that much time to watch TV. 
but we have been childless for a couple days and we've been binge watching some food shows that we wanted to talk about. Although they don't mind watching food shows with us too. No, they do. Yes, they do. So the first show that we're talking about is on Netflix and it's the Chef Show. It is a sequel, spin-off of sorts of the movie Chef starring John Favreau came out a three, while ago. 3 4 5 years ago now? Yeah. It's been a while. And uh the the movie in itself was really trying to recreate uh the accurate cooking that a, that a real chef would do. And behind the scenes of the movie, John John Favreau was training with a famous chef, Roy Choi, of the food truck Kogi in Los Angeles, which if you've ever heard of the LA food truck Korean scene tacos, uh, Roy Choi is one of the forefronts of that. So he really got some good training from a well-renowned chef. And what they do with the chef show is to focus on one or two different kinds of food. They'll bring in some guest chefs. chefs. Sometimes actors, actresses. Sometimes actors and actresses. Sometimes other chefs in similar or or very different fields. And what's your thought on the show? I love it. Um, I think it's really interesting to see how well-versed John Favreau is. I only knew him as an actor from Chef. I don't watch all of the Marvel movies that you and Connor do. So I didn't realize that he was so involved in those. Very involved. Um, going back to Iron Man, if not before, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't, not you, somebody else. <laughs> like me. You don't know. <laughs> you uh, had to see the look of disbelief in my eyes. The most <laughs> recent Spider-Man movies, uh, which he uh, has been in all those movies as as a character also. Um, so yeah, he's not only a famous actor, director, producer, um, but he's also been training still on how to, you know, kind of keep up his chops with cooking. So yeah, he's very, he does really well in the kitchen. Um, he has decent cooking skills. A lot of self-doubt. He's like, I don't know know if this is going to taste good. What do you think? And Roy thinks that this, this is fantastic. You, you probably just cook better than me on my own dish. So He's doing really well. Yes. And he was just in a recent episode we saw he's also an artist. Like he was drawing and we're like, wow. Yeah. Who knew? A, a multifaceted talent. Right. So I guess it's really nice seeing different sides of this person that I didn't really know very much about. And I think you guys, you and Connor love the opening uh, recipe preview. <laughs> Of the the food in it's, the food truck, it's claymation. I, I guess I don't know how they do it, but they basically explode literally <laughs> the the dish they're about to make. So if it's right. a bowl of soup, you know the the food truck comes barreling around the corner, and this bowl of soup, you know, snapshots in midair, and all the components from chicken broth to mushrooms to herbs, right, explode they, in in claymation form and fall back into the bowl. And they label it all, and yeah, so it's a. Fun little opening that you guys yeah. love. Go go check that out. We were we were curious to see whether it got a a, a second season. Thumbs up. Um, you know, a lot of Netflix shows since there's so many of them and they can pretty much come and go with Netflix's budget. But the good news is season two airs on September the thirteenth. Yes, because we're almost. Are we on episode seven of that one? Yeah, we're coming up total of eight episodes. Yeah, only eight episodes in season one. And I don't like to go by Netflix's ratings. I find it hard to rate anything, honestly, even on when I write on the blog and stuff. It's really hard to rate things because it's so subjective, you That's know? True. Um so we were disappointed to see that overall the chef show only has three out of five Netflix stars. Whatever that means. Right. However, also looking at IMDB which rates, you know, users rate television, movies, etc. Um, it got an 8.6 out of 10. That's fair. 
They don't tell you how many people voted for your Netflix stars. I don't think we ever rarely vote. Yeah, very rarely. So just a few votes from people who do or do not like a show, I guess, could send it higher or lower. I don't know who, who really bothers. We don't. And I don't think you have to love cooking or food to watch The Chef Show. I think it's really interesting enough with the guests. I don't know what your thoughts about that. Yeah, I think I think seeing some, uh, some YouTube chefs and uh, other restaurateurs come in and show what they do is interesting enough for me. Yeah. So we're almost done with season one of The Chef Show. Next up is Ugly Delicious. Also on Netflix. Also on Netflix. Also eight episodes. Also not great ratings on Netflix <laughs> stars. This one only got two and a half stars, and we don't know why. Right. We really enjoy the show. This one's a little longer. So just an FYI, the chef show's about a half hour an episode. Probably 24 not, minutes. Yeah, not even. The Ugly Delicious is... is a full 45, 50. Yeah. A little more in depth. Um, so, Ugly Delicious. Bigger bigger budget, by the way. So, there's a lot of global travel. Uh, David Chang. Of, is the host mm-hmm. of Momofuku. I don't know how many restaurants he owns around the world now. I think that's the most famous, well-known. He, yeah, he's the most, most well-known, uh, especially living in our area. He is uh, well-known. Not doing a lot of cooking, as he admits in the show. He'd like to be doing more. He does... A lot of eating. He does a lot of eating. <laughs> Uh, He's doing really well with that, but um, where the opportunity arises, he he gets gets down and dirty with cooking in kitchens and making the food that, you know, he's featuring in the episode, and it's more of a philosophical show. Very much so. More historical and... Where does the food come from? What, is it, what, what does it represent in the culture of where it came from? Why do certain foods travel you know, uh, to be cooked in certain other areas and not in others. So each one of those episodes in Ugly Delicious focuses on one particular food. Or type of food. Barbecue. Right. Barbecue covers Ta- a lot of things. Tacos. Was tacos one? Yeah. Um, dumplings. Dumplings is the la- the most recent one that we watched. T- dumplings versus, well, it was dumplings Italian versus Asian. Right. Um, so yes, philosophical, like we said. What is barbecue? You know, what, why, why is Southern barbecue barbecue and not, you know, Korean barbecue in the same sentence? And also, again, very subjective based on people's personal experiences, True. cultural experiences, geographical location. So. And what makes a type of food get carried further around the world than something else? Yes. A lot of whys. Correct. N- not necessarily everything gets answered in his show, which, no. I, which I like. And again, he also has a variety of guests, and they do lots of different um, segments and kind of mush them all together, going back and forth. It jumps around all over the world. Yes. Uh, some of the more famous American guests, you know, are going on tour with him in China and Japan. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of fun to watch. And this one is more about food than cooking, I'd say. It's about the type of food and where it right. comes from and where is it going. Then, where in the chef show, they're actually cooking recipes. Right. And they're not telling you, hey, ha- half a teaspoon of this. But they give you an idea of what foods, uh, what, what, what ingredients go into a, a dish to make a, you know... Uh, a, a Thai curry, for example. Right. So we definitely recommend Ugly Delicious. Again, those sad two and a half stars. <laughs> yeah, it could, it could be three people that voted on it. We, we don't know. IMDb, I think, is a little bit more accurate because they tell you how many tens of thousands of people voted. True, and now I feel like we need to go give Let's go a Netflix it. rating just to, you know, bump it up a little. You know, uh, our, was our not... one... <laughs> Better better than better than two and a half stars. We'll help a little bit. So an oldie but goodie that we like to watch is the Great British Baking Show. So 
I believe this did it originate on PBS. In in America, probably did. Yes, or I could totally. So PBS is probably trailing. BBC, I would guess, coming okay. coming from the UK. So PBS gets a little bit less, and then Netflix gets it after that. So, do you have any idea what season Netflix is on? I don't. I want to say five or six, but they're working on nine or ten so in the UK. I know that there's currently 60 episodes on Netflix. So 10 episodes of six seasons. Right, so maybe six seasons. So maybe two or three years behind. Now, we haven't watched... Have we watched every season? No. We have still a little bit more catching up to do. Right. Uh, we actually are due to finish... <laughs> <laughs> We, we didn't see the finale on the last <laughs> the one. Last we just one. took a break. That was season four, I think. Wow, so we are behind. We're a little behind. But that's one that you can we can always pick up and it's, you know, whenever. It's never going to be dated. No. Although, since they changed hosts, it's a little different. It's a little different. So they changed three out of the four hosts. Paul's the only one remaining... In the season we're watching, I think I'm up to date that it's still the same four hosts. Currently. Currently, that it is in that season. So I don't think anything else has changed since then. Uh, Netflix gives it four and a half stars. So even though we say that doesn't matter, I guess that doesn't matter either. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it gets fun, but it's not something you'd binge watch six seasons at no. one sitting. Whereas like... The Chef Show and Ugly Delicious, we've kind of been, you know, watching more continuously. So we've probably seen 45 to 50 episodes, and we don't recognize any of the things that they're baking? Oh my gosh, I feel like we need to sit there with the dictionary. I do Google, like, when they're like, oh, we're making, you have to make this, and I'm like, what is that? It's a method or an it's ingredient? It's just a type, it's just how the English say, like cake or a, a special type of cake that it's, we've just never heard. A yellow sponge, heard. right, is a standard thing. Right. And you should know, you know, if you're building your final cake with yellow sponge, how to make that. That's the one thing we know, I think, at this point, is right. what is what is yellow sponge? <laughs> it's cake. We can deal with that. So, yeah, we, it just, I enjoy seeing the final creations and hearing the uh, critiques. I like, I like how they, they draw it, they illustrate it first. Oh, yeah. Yes, they make a pretty picture, and then it looks sometimes nothing <laughs> like that <laughs> so, picture. <laughs> it's somewhat similar. You kind of get an idea of, of, of how they're taking nothing and turning it into something pretty pretty fancy. Right. And the format is good. I like the, you know, how does it go? They create something, then they have to make something the exact same. They have to, they have to copy Right. And then they have the uh, the really the fancy showcase, one at the end. Yeah. Showstopper. Showstopper. The showstopper at the end. So, and yeah. And hopefully it doesn't break while they're carrying it from the bench to the display. And we've unfortunately seen a couple tumble along the way. Right. Now, we don't really hear about um, winners of the great British baking show. They're probably a bit more celebrity. In Britain? Probably. <laughs> Whereas, you know, cooking shows, reality shows, we sometimes hear about, you know, like Top Chef. You know, we know names and they're more familiar. Yeah. Uh, well, they're they're probably here in the U.S. They're probably getting some local coverage in newspapers and, and media here. But, yeah, you don't, you don't hear anything about British, yeah. ba- British Bakers. So it's a fun little reality television show. Um, it's clearly real people. Yes. Very real people who lead busy lives, you know, working stay-at-home dads, IT specialists, you know, real people doing real things. And it's more hobby baking. Very hobby. Yeah. And some of them come out really, really pro. So this show is also on Netflix if you want to check it out. So here's one not on Netflix. Worth it. Yes. This is on Amazon Prime. And it is... Currently has six seasons. It has the hosts, Adam and Steven. Adam and Steven. And what they do is each episode is has a theme. For example, sushi, burgers, pasta. Yep. And 
they visit three different establishments, restaurants in an area. Now, I believe this show is produced by BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. I believe they work for BuzzFeed. Um, so I want to say they're mostly in the California area. They've done trips out to New York. Right. And then they've been to Japan, Japan. and Australia, was it? Mm-hmm. So, but in the beginning, they're mostly, I want to say, California, L.A. area So based. they'll do L.A. things, tacos. Right. They'll find a so, dollar taco, they'll find a $10 taco, and they'll find the... Really expensive Really ones. expensive. So that's what they do. They visit three restaurants at three different price points. Cheap, average, and then over-the-top expensive. Sometimes the over-the-top has gold leaf <laughs> Sometimes on caviar. Often caviar <laughs> and truffle. Yes, truffle. And, Which can yes. take a normal thing and just by shaving... You know, a pound of truffle on it. Now it's now it's a seventy dollar taco just because they said so. Right. So then at the end they give their opinion as like a vote as to which one was their worth it winner. Right, and the best flavor could be the fanciest one, but the the best overall food to value could be any of the three. We you know quite often the the cheapest one gets the vote. Yeah. I say it's pretty evenly split. Agreed. I think a lot are low to the average, the low to medium. Because you get so much more. I mean, they they basically say, you know, why would you spend any more than $3 on this whatever, this omelet? You know, why do you need a $90 omelet? It is fun seeing some of these over-the-top foods that... I would consider doing any of those things once, mostly. That we probably will never get the chance to eat, but it's interesting to see that they're actually being made and people do buy them. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely some high-end food out there, but I'm glad they're, you know, they're not partial to any one uh, price point. And I do like the cameraman, Adam. (laughs) Adam, the cameraman, who is not Mike's. No, he's always so quiet. And he's quiet, I think, in general. But but they they share the food with him. He gets a vote. You see him at the end, like, after they're done eating, they show him, like, At the table by himself. Yeah. Scarfing down the food. But so it's a fun little show. The episodes are really short. I want to say less, 20 minutes or less every episode. 12 to 15 minutes, I think. Yeah. Um, And we just discovered that they have a spinoff called Worth It Lifestyle. And they have three seasons of that show, which we have not seen at all. But I believe it's the same concept doing different fun things that you could possibly do oh it's not food no not food different hosts no i think Same well i think steven is still one of the hosts okay but i believe it's a bunch of different hosts that like co-host with him but they try different i want to say activities or lifestyle things we'll have to report back on that yeah so these are the shows we've been watching and recommend but we'd love to hear any fun food shows that you're watching and hopefully they're not on cable (laughs) (laughs) so please let us know you can email us at nyfoodiefamilypodcast at gmail.com stay tuned we're gonna wrap things up with our quick hits and as we wrap up this episode it's our standard finale it is quick hits First one up, Nance, take it away. So the first quick hit is the Museum of Ice Cream is becoming a permanent fixture in New York City. So I'm not sure if anybody saw on Instagram a couple years ago, back in, it debuted in 2016, there was a Museum of Ice Cream pop-up down in the city that traveled throughout the country, and it, you know, was on I know my Instagram feed for a while of, you know, the sprinkle pool and outrageous Instagram worthy photos. And it's going to be in New York City as a permanent museum. It will be opening sometime in the fall. Tickets will go on sale October 9th and they are $38 a person. What does that get you? Does it get you some ice cream, I hope? I believe they do serve you ice cream at the end. 
I personally am not a huge fan of these Instagram pop-ups. I know some people love them. These are things that if you do have a teen who likes to post on Instagram and Snapchat. I don't know these people <laughs> at all. They would love this type of experience. So just something to think about, you know, if you're looking to do something with a teenager down in New York City come the fall or in the future after that since we'll be there permanently. Definitely Thir- something to think about. 38 bucks? I don't know. Maybe they can go by themselves. I don't oh, I don't, I don't I see don't I'm going to get my ice cream worth on, on 38 <laughs> bucks. I, although I haven't seen it yet. True. But they'll get their, you know, Instagram pictures. All right. That's, that's, that's worth something. All right, moving on. Uh, we reported on this somewhat a couple weeks ago on our West Point uh, music fiesta. Yeah, the Benny Havens band that we saw. Benny Havens band. We got a little rained on. Mm-hmm. Uh, go check out that episode. Was it episode three? I don't even Two? remember. I don't remember. Past episode. Past episode. Look it up. Um, coming on uh, September the 1st is the Labor Day concert. It's Sunday. 7.30 p.m. This weekend. Uh, this weekend. Finale to the Summer Concert Series. Uh, so they have quite a few bands. They got the Hellcats. They got the Benny Haven Band. And they got Fireworks. So you got three things going on there. And the West Point Concert Band. And the full concert band. Yes. That's right. Okay. Uh, it is free, but they do ask you to RSVP. We RSVP'd when we went. I guess they're just looking for a headcount because nobody asked for... No, you don't have to show your tickets... Uh, however, I think they do like to get an idea of how many people might be there. Now, the Benny Havens band wasn't as crowded. However, I feel like this concert, like when we went a couple years ago to the 4th of July concert, that was pretty big. Because I fireworks. Feel, yes. And it's the, you know, Labor Day weekend and the summer wrap-up. So, with three bands and the fireworks. And the finale. It's, I think, more of a to-do. So, be kind if you want to go RSVP. Just to give them a heads up. That's fair. Next up. So coming soon to the Palisade Center out in their parking lot is the Circo Hermano Vasquez. It's an 18-day showcase of this circus that was founded in Mexico City in 1969. Now it performs throughout the United States. And what I think is so interesting is that the performances are done in both English and Spanish. Hmm. So that's different. Um, and they are offering general admission tickets are $40, start at $40, I should say. But families are eligible for a free children's ticket, and they are offering discounts if you purchase the tickets ahead of time online. Is that at the Palisade Center website or through the Through the Circus, circus website. website, which... I believe, is also linked on the Palisade Center. Do we know when that starts? I believe in September. So 18 days in September. Correct. Keep an eye out. Yes, and again, in our show notes, we'll have links to everything. Okay, so here is a really short reporting, because <laughs> we never actually did it. So we reported a couple weeks ago, I don't remember which episode, look it up, that uh, the Hudson Oven on Sundays would be emailing people if you signed up for their emails and they would tell you where to go find and buy bread. In fresh the fresh baked sourdough bread. In the area. Uh, they've been mostly in the Ossining, Croton area. Tarrytown, right? Croton. Yeah, along the Hudson River. River towns, as they say. Uh, so we were not able to go. We knew where it was. Right. We're... So the emails come at about 10 a.m. FYI, I did sign up and I've gotten them for the past two weeks. They come about 10 a.m. in the morning, which just makes it a little difficult when you kind of have your day, at least we do mostly, we usually have our day already planned out. So it's hard to just get up and be like, okay, let's drive to wherever to go get the bread. Why don't we just drive down to Croton and sit in somebody's parking lot at (laughs) 10 in the morning until we get the email and then we'll be the first ones there. At least we'll be closer. Well, we were we were certainly the last ones there because by by time four thirty. Yeah, we were in peak skill for the afternoon, and then we're like, okay, 
on our way down to Elmsford, let's stop and check out and see if the bread's there. So this past week, it was at the Cliffdale Farm, which is also one of the tea town entrances in Croton. And it was a two-lane road that was (laughs) masquerading as a one-lane road? I'm just lucky... There was no cars coming the no other cars, way. No cars, <laughs> no snow, no rain, no darkness. The weather was perfect, and that's the only time I want to be on that road. Right. But we did make it to the entrance, and there was no bread. Not nope. even the cabinet. They No packed cabinet. Up. It they, was gone. They, they had already packed up for the day. So that was a big, big fail. fail. No bread for us. And we weren't the only ones, because there was another car behind us, and... He they also turned around at the around, around exactly. the same time. So yep, saw that there was no bread, and we left at the same time. So sadly, we still cannot report on the Hudson Oven. We will try, try again on that one. That that's our promise to you. <laughs> yes. So finally, our restaurant spotlight of the week is Tea Swirl Crepe in White Plains. Now, we first discovered tea swirl crepe when we were in Philadelphia a couple of years ago. We just happened to come upon it and got one of the dessert crepes. But the concept is they offer both sweet and savory crepes, which they make right in front of you. True. And if I remember correctly, it was in the Asian district in Philly. It was. We we were getting all-you-can-eat uh, cream, cream barbecue. barbecue. And then the kids got a bobo tea. A bobo tea. And then we saw tea swirl crepe, and we're like, ooh. Hey, we can try that. <laughs> we need to try that. So we got a sweet one. They come in two different varieties, uh, sweet and savory. And I'd say there's 15 to choose from of each kind, so maybe 30 different crepes altogether. Uh, you should really see this operation Everything is so perfectly chopped. Um, the crepes are perfectly round. Everything is just so perfect. And so here's here's a few that we've gotten, uh, including local in White Plains and in Philly. So we, I think the one we got in Philly first was was a chocolate nut party. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of nuts, uh, a lot of chocolate, as you can imagine, hence, hence the name. Um, but it was all perfectly rolled into... Uh, the crepe, which is a rice flour, gluten-free crepe, which is special in itself, as if crepes weren't special enough. We have gotten the uh, wild berries, which has a lot of blueberries, and just perfectly sliced strawberries. I don't know where they get them year-round. Everything's just perfect. Let me say perfect one more time. <laughs> and the, the the fun thing is is that, um, and I'll get to the, the savory options in a minute, so all the crepes are perfectly prepared, and they are turned into a cone and then put into a little little paper cone sleeve. And the cone sleeve has little, little uh, uh, perforations on it so you can tear your way around to the bottom. Every single bite has a little bit of everything in it. I don't know how they build it like that. Perfect, I think, is the word again. <laughs> Every single bite all the way down to the to the tip of the cone, and listen, I'm you know we make ice cream cones. There's no way the ice cream gets all the way down yeah, to the bottom no, of the tip of the cone. No, it melts into it. It melts yeah. into it if you're lucky, but everything is re- is really just well crafted. So those those are some of the sweet ones that we've gotten. Uh, so a lot of berry options, some matcha options if you like uh, green tea. Um, the savory options are still just as interesting. I have been known in the past to get one sweet and one savory. Uh, I have gotten the tuna ni soa. This past week, I got the Okinawa hot dog, which it just has everything in it. I'm going to sound like I'm reading because I am reading. So allow me to tell you what's in this thing. So it's got the Okinawa hot dog. It's got mes- mes- uh, mescaline mix, which is your uh, your mixed greens, julienne carrots, cheddar cheese, red onions, red peppers, corn, Banana ketchup, don't ask, it's delicious, and tofu sauce. So was it a little spicy? No, it really wasn't no? spicy. It was, oh, it was uh-huh. a combination of um, a little, little pickly flavor. Okay, so the banana ketchup, I, I didn't know if that was like And sweet. Hot. So oh, okay. it, it covered, you know, two or three different flavors 
different senses, if you will, different, um, all in all, very good. And they got a you know, nice, nice seating area. You can sit at the window and it's, it's a, it's a great place. I'd go check it out. And they're all reasonably priced. Between seven and 10 bucks. Each. And they're not, they're not small. No. So we've shared, I know, like the sweet ones. I think sometimes we might order two and like share between us, the four of us. I have yet to try a savory crepe just because when we go there, it's with the kids, it's usually for treats. But because it's in White Plains and you work there, you're able to get lunch there. It's been a while since I went. I forgot how good it is. It's just easy access makes it well I'll, I'll just go sometime it's probably been a year and a half two years wow i know the other day you're like oh i haven't gotten lunch yet i don't know what i want <laughs> and i'm like huh what about tea soil crepe oh like, yeah, oh, tea yeah. Soil. okay i'll go although like, oh wow that was really good it's it's not that far but as you're walking down america it seems like oh one more block it's like it's that one more block too far <laughs> block um yeah it was, it's so what was it what is it near um if you remember where where did we get the uh the crazy shake from um lazy boy saloon it's across the street from lazy boy okay so just to give a frame of reference um and this is the only tea swirl tea swirl crepe in the area most of them are in the city yep. or in other states so it's definitely worth some so bleh, definitely worth checking out because it's not like a Chipotle where you can get it anywhere. This is pretty unique. Right. It's a chain, however, not a super popular one all over the place. So I would say everything that they do is, is reasonably unique uh, from the components that they use and the way that they make things and the kitchen. You can actually just... They'll, they they make it right for you, right there. So I can't say enough. Yeah, you, you watch it being made. Really uh, kind of an interactive meal. And you get a cone of food at the end, which is which is a lot of fun. So try tea swirl, tea swirl crepe and let us know what you think. All right, so that wraps up this episode. Please, if you want to check the show notes, you can go to nyfoodiefamily.com on our blog and we have the show notes for each episode linked up with all the blog posts and links to everything we've talked about and again if you want to email us do you have any recommendations of places we should visit things we should try uh, please send us an email nyfoodiefamilypodcast at gmail.com we're all ears send us your suggestions we'll talk to you next time Bye bye